In our gospel, Christ tells us to go and make friends with dishonest wealth. What in the world is he talking about? Why should we do that? How are we to do that? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on September 22nd for the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, 10.30 a.m. Mass at Ascension Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. So, what do you think? What in the world is he talking about? Go and make friends with dishonest wealth. Why? Especially in this gospel. If it were in another gospel, it would be a little less strange, I think. But especially appearing in Luke, the champion of the poor, the outcast, the marginalized, to be told that Jesus is telling us to go and make friends with dishonest wealth really doesn't fit. Doesn't fit very well at all. So, what do you make of it? I have no idea. Surprise. I mean, I have an idea, but from the very early church, those who have read this gospel have wondered, what in the world is he talking about? And I think that's probably a good thing. When we begin to think that we have a handle on exactly what Jesus meant at every single place in the gospel, then we kind of lose part of that mystery. In many ways, I think this gospel speaks differently to different people at different times. It's kind of what scripture does. And so maybe it's good that we don't know exactly what he meant that way it can mean what it needs to mean for you and your situation at this moment. But don't worry, I have more. I have an idea of what he may have meant. An idea, I really, truly don't know. I've been scratching my head all week. But I think it might have something to do with a balanced approach to money. A balanced approach to wealth. What is the dishonest, what is dishonest wealth? Well, maybe if we look at what it's not. In our gospel today, dishonest wealth is not um, a penny pincher. Over here we have Scrooge from um, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Someone who is going to get every little bit, no matter what. They're going to get their share. They're going to squeeze as much out of it as possible. They're not going to let any go. The mentality behind this uh, side of things is you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and so I'm not trusting you. It's this uh, adversarial kind of approach. The idea is that if this dishonest steward had been on this side, I imagine him stealing or saying, you know, only give this much to my master, give the rest of it to me. That kind of thing. A, a very kind of calculated getting what the most out of it as possible. But that's not what the steward does. The steward forgives part of the debt. It's not even his debt, but he forgives part of it. He doesn't demand the fullness be paid. 
So I don't think it's about being a Scrooge. Over here, we have, well, the heir or the heiress of a huge fortune. Never worked a day in their life. Spends money as if it grows on trees. Very kind of flippant when it comes to, to wealth. There's always more. Why not spend it? Spend, spend, spend. This individual takes the uh, approach that you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, so let's all be the best sinners we can be. We'll just throw money around like crazy. But that's not really what we see this steward doing either. This steward is saying, you still have to pay something. Your debt was this, but I'm not going to just rip it up. You still have to pay something. So it's not this throw money away kind of mentality either. So I think maybe somewhere in the middle is where this dishonest wealth is. An approach to wealth that's not stingy but not flippant either. An approach to wealth that is balanced. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere that it's hard to pin down. Another aspect of this story is the master himself. And I kind of wonder, is he the one who's the dishonest wealth? He hasn't done anything that's dishonest per se that we know of. He's uh, not cheating anyone. But if we replace that word dishonest for a moment with unfair, then I think we might be able to see a different side of the story. Think of this uh, uh, parable in terms of all of the other parables that deal with a master and the servants. A person with wealth dealing with people that have little wealth. Think of, for instance, the vineyard, the, the vineyard owner, the one who goes out and gets somebody at the very beginning of the day, goes and gets a few more, gets somebody at the very end of the day, and at the end he goes to pay them. He pays them the same thing. Unfair, they say. Unfair. We work this number of hours. And they only work one. And you're paying us the same thing. He responds with, it's my money. I'll do with it what I want. I paid you what is just. I paid you what I promised. Who are you to tell me what to do? If we take this understanding of what the master is doing, I think we have to also ask ourselves, if you had somebody stealing from you, if you had a banker who was being dishonest, if you had somebody taking care of your stock that was dishonest, that was squandering your property, would you allow that person to keep your account book? And he doesn't demand it back right away. He says, go and finish your work. Make an accounting of what is owed. If it were you or me, I'd say, we want that book right back. Say, give it to me now before you do any more damage. Unjust, unfair, or merciful, perhaps. The ability to, somewhere in the middle, still work, still do something, still make decisions. 
the one with all of the wealth is allowing this steward to do what he needs to do and then commends him for it. I think most of us probably be a little angry. But the master commends him for acting prudently. This is, I, I think, an opportunity to see some meaning behind the idea of making friends with dishonest wealth. Does it solve the problem? In some ways, I hope not, because it's still there. What in the world does he mean? What does he mean for you at this moment? What is Christ asking us to do? In the end, though, Luke does give us something that is pretty clear. We can only serve one master. Let that, serve, let that master be God and not mammon. you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.